Mike Tech one two. Da, 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 it's Mercy da, Talks. Ooh. Talk. We don't just talk. Talk. We walk that walk. Walk. It's Mercy Talks. Uh-huh. All right. So it's Michael Ackland so two back, and it's a <laughs> second episode of Mercy Talks, and we're gonna be talking about Black Klansmen today, and we're gonna talk about some religion. So. My opinion of Black Klansmen is, uh, it was good. The message was really great. But when it comes to visuals and scenes, I'll give it like a seven. When it comes to the message, I'll give it like a nine or a 10. And when I was talking to the community members, we were comparing it to Get Out. And I don't think a lot of movies can stand up to Get Out because Get Out was just amazing. Like, I give Get Out some visuals and scenes and creativity a nine and a half and a 10. Uh, and then the message was a 10 too, because he took fiction and he killed it. Jordan Peele killed it with that one. And um, But this was a real story. So it's hard to take a real story and kind of be really creative with it because you want to stick to the story. But today we have Auntie L here. <laughs> and um, she, after I give my opinion on Black's Klansman, she's going to give her opinion. So that's where I was for the rating. And um, my favorite part of the movie was the part where, uh, what was the guy's name, Flip? Mm -hmm. He worked with Ron Stallworth to infiltrate the, uh, the clan. Mm -hmm. And when he found out, or when he started to accept his Jewish side, that was my favorite part because before then, before he even got on this investigation and this coup, he was just, he just didn't know. Like he knew, but he didn't care about it. Like he didn't even look into it really. But then as, he was infiltrating and really playing the, the role of Ron, he started to figure out that that's a side he should have like took on more in life. And when he got the membership card um, and the real Ron wanted to give it to him, he didn't even want it because he was just like, I'm Jewish and like, this is something I have to be proud of. You know, like people are against Jewish people just how they are against black people. And, um, Another thing that this movie showed me is just that there's so much that goes into black liberation, so much intelligence, so much vigilance that you have to consider, you know what I'm saying? You have to like maneuver around the white world, but then when it comes to like white supremacy and hate, there's not much intelligence that goes into it. Like um, the fat dude, like I don't, I don't even know his name. It's not important. Yeah, he's not important, <laughs> but he's like the picture of white supremacy because like, his, his mind wasn't even working at a high level. You know, right. he's just like, hate, let's hate. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to do to be a white supremacist. Just be someone that hates at a high level. And you don't have to be smart about it or anything. You don't have to be like, oh, we have to plan this and plan that. You just go out to a field and burn a cross and that's it. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. You don't have to get people together and um, tell them they're important and tell them to love themselves and tell them to protect themselves like Kwame Ture did, Stokey Carmichael did. That was another one of my favorite parts when he came in and he was just like, this is what we have to do. You have to understand that you're beautiful. You don't, you don't have to be like the white person. You can be your unique self and still be powerful. I know they're trying to hold you down, but be yourself and get through and let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it was crazy because like Ron Starworth was really in there and hearing all this stuff, but he couldn't really react how he wanted to because mm -hmm. he had to like check the scene and stuff. 
but um yeah you could see like at some points he was just like raising his fist a little bit and yeah. just like he wanted to do so so badly but like he was wired up because they were you know launching that investigation to see if it was going to be violent but he in his heart like knew that this wasn't violent this was just so important that I guess at one point he was just like, you know what, like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm putting my hand up because, like, these are my people and, like, this is my message and I'm backing backing all this up, right. which was, is really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it was something he really needed to hear. Yeah. But that's, like, kind of my, like, first impression, first opinion on the movie. But I'm going to pass it over to Allie <laughs> now and she's going to let you know how she felt about it. So I guess you could start with the rating, but if you don't okay. really have ratings, then you could just t- yeah, no. tell your opinion. Hey, guys. Uh, Auntie Al here, as Mike likes to call me. Um, so, sitting and watching Black Klansman last, what was it, Thursday, Friday? Friday. Um, man, I was, like, taken aback. It really felt like somebody had an ice-cold bucket of water, and they just poured it on my whole body. I would give... I really liked the visuals. I thought that the music was really powerful. Just like even the like small parts, they just like had like very like soulful music behind some of the the scenes. So I really liked that, and I liked like it had most of the movie ha- to me had like a yellow hue to it, and I really liked that. I don't know why. Um, so I think I'd give visuals eight. And coming from like a young white woman's perspective, who like in my opinion. I think that is it was really important for me to see this movie with this type of message. I would give it nine and a half out of ten um, because this is my first Spike Lee movie that I've ever seen, and it just like makes me want to sit down and watch Malcolm X and other movies that he's created. Um, but I think my favorite part isn't one specific part. It was just like that relationship that Flip and Ron built throughout the entirety of the movie because it's just like. It's so easy to just, like, look at your black counterpart and be like, this person is a human being just like me. And and I've never not felt that way, but there's a lot of people in this world that just, like, look at people of color in, like, such a low, demeaning way. And I just, I don't really get it. Um, So that part was really special, just to see, like, that beautiful friendship built on something so important, like, making Klansmen look like complete idiots. So they're, like, building this this like long lasting friendship while like taking down the man essentially which like I loved and like Mike said like Flip like meeting Ron Stallworth was what Flip needed to like accept who he was and that really like spoke to me because like I need to start accepting who I am as a woman and like I need to start realizing like my what my role in this world is whether it be something so small as changing something where I hear someone talk badly about someone of the Latinx community or someone of the LGBTQ community or someone with African-American descent and just like stopping them. It could be that small, but it has like such an impact. Um, And then another part I really liked was, I didn't like it, but it was very relevant to today, was uh, this woman in the movie, her name was Connie Kilpatrick, I think. Uh, She was the wife of one of the more... I guess stupid Klansman to say his name was Felix and he was just like your typical redneck racist where you know white is right all that kind of stuff she was not to give any spoilers away planning a bomb in the head of the black student leagues uh, student union excuse me 
her mailbox and she couldn't do it, so she put it in her car. And Ron Stallworth got there just in time to, to warn Patrice that what was going on. And, you know, like these two white cops get out of their car and they just start beating on Ron despite the fact that he is yelling to them that he is a cop and that there is a bomb in this car and this woman is screaming, he raped me, arrest him. And it was just so, it was really hard for me to watch because I know that that happens today and it's so hard because I know that there's really good cops and I know that there's really bad cops and there's really good black people, there's really bad black people, there's really good white people and there's really bad black people or really bad white people. So it's just, it was just like, a refresher of like this shit happens all of the time and it doesn't happen to me so I don't know like it just was like you need to wake up Allison and just like you can't let those thoughts like fall to the back of your mind because it doesn't happen to you but it happens to people so I don't know man like Black Klansman was it was something and like the whole message of people didn't realize while they're sitting there is that this stuff happened back in the day, like the 70s and the 80s, and it's still happening today. Like, it's 2018, and police brutality is still going on today. It's it's time for a change, and this is why we need to, to band up with each other and just figure out what the hell are we going to do. Dang, that's, that's deep, man. Like, you made me think about a lot, but the, the thing you made me think about most is how... People try to simplify everyone. Yeah. We're really unique and complex. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the Jewish and then African side came in for me because the whole thing that's kind of keeping us back is like the social construction of race or just yeah. like white and black. And it's so it's way co- more complex than that. You know what I'm saying? Jewish, yeah. there's so much that goes into that religion. And then and then also going down to your ethnicity. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like since uh, the social construction of black and white that no one cares about the African side of a of a black American and then nobody cares about the ethnicity of a white people of the mm-hmm. white person and then like it's usually that Africans try to go back and find their ancestry and be like I'm proud of this and it's hard because a lot of it has been erased by slavery and stuff mm-hmm. and the white person has all of that but they're just like nah let's let's scratch that it's like they have so much power that the ethnicity doesn't really matter it's just like white is like a new ethnicity mm-hmm. and we're like we're gonna we're gonna scratch the word ethnicity. It's just gonna we're gonna stick with race. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Unfortunately, yeah, it just like stops at the color of your skin. Yeah, and it sucks because like I would love to know, you know, what I'm saying the complexity of a white person, but it's just like I haven't really got the opportunity to, and it's like hasn't been really shared with me. You know what I'm saying? So to go uh, deeper, you know what I'm saying, to a white person's life through their religion, like being Jewish and stuff, and like what they've had to go through, you know, and uh, just how like the Jewish religion is just like makes up the Bible mm-hmm. and like and I was reading something uh, earlier like the book I'm reading called This Is My Body mm-hmm. he talks about that how like a whole bunch of Greek stuff has taken over the Bible when it comes to like when you die you become infinite that's like a Greek thing mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like the Jewish thing was like you have an afterlife too with the body like your body is comes back in like reincarnation or something but the, the Greek were like once you die, you have an infinite uh, soul forever or whatever, like eternal life. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's better to, like, know somebody deeper than 
the social construction of race, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But since that since that's theirs, it's like whatever, you're black, you're this, and then that's when you follow all the stereotypes. And then for us on the like defensive vigilance side, it's like you're white, this is this, you know what I'm saying? Be careful, you know what I'm saying? You, you gotta watch your back, you gotta protect yourself. So, and it sucks that we have to do that. Right. You know, so Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like another part of like someone who is black like part of their ethnicity and like it's a shame that this is something that had to happen but like i feel like black people are just so resilient Mm -hmm. you know yeah because like they had to put up with so much so much hatred and just like negativity and falling into the wrong stereotypes for so many years that is really not fair the shit that they put up with today but then you don't want to look like that angry black person right you know what i mean so it's really hard because you know even with Flip, when he was in that basement with Felix, the Klansman, yeah. and just, he was, like, saying, like, the Holocaust wasn't real. None of that ever happened. And just to, like, it was, like, painful just yeah. to, like, watch him sit there and, like, sit through right. all that. And then when Ron Stallworth was on the phone with David Duke, who was, like, the the head of the Klansman or whatever the yeah. fuck he is, I don't really give a crap. Yeah. Um, and just, like, hearing him just, like, say so many negative things about black culture and african-american and like how like god bless america and god bless the white man Mm -hmm. and he just sat there and took it and like i think that is like a really great picture of like how black people have to act today like they just have to sit there and take it when that's not fair because like their skin is a little bit darker yeah oh my god (laughs) <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. And like I sit there and I and I say to myself, how do I be how how can I be an ally who doesn't make it look like a black person needs my help? Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like how do I like I wanna I wanna walk alongside my black counterpart mm-hmm. without making it seem like I'm leading the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm holding their hand and pulling them yeah. through this life. Right. Where I just want it to be like we're standing next to each other yeah. and I'll put my shield up when needed and you'll put your shield up when needed for each other. Right, right. You know? Yeah. I guess I guess this can kind of like take us into the next thing where Father Flager mm-hmm. was a great, what, pastor on the south side yeah. at St. Sabina. Saint he came Sabina. in and he's mm-hmm. all about justice, mentored by MLK, did some work with the Black Panthers and Fred Hampton and stuff. Like, what he had to sacrifice his whole family because they were racist um i think he stood up at one of his dinners and was like stop saying racist jokes at, at the family table he was or in something the sixth grade when he did that right yeah that's crazy so he's been about justice even before he had to even do anything about it yeah. you know what i'm saying and it makes me think of like the young freedom writers and the uh the people that like stood up with my, um uh mlk back in the day when they were young and that did the sit-ins and stuff it's crazy that you have to do that but it's cool to like connect it to him being that young and standing up at his table and like yeah. sacrificing his whole family. Like they what they cut him off for like mm-hmm. so long, like he even to this in, day. Yeah, he wasn't invited to family parties. Imagine being twelve years old and just like standing up for something that's so important. Yeah. And then just like realizing who your family is and yeah. what they stand for. Right, right. So in my opinion, like yeah, this like father figure may have lost family members but I don't even consider them that I just in my mind I was like you didn't lose your family you lost people yeah because to me his family now is like his congregation at St. Spina yeah. and his family are the people that walked with him when they shut down the Dan yeah. Ryan right like that's family yeah 
Yeah, and it sucks that like people usually think like people usually think on the opposite end of that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's hard because family is something you're born into and you, it's like you can't get rid of you know what I'm saying no matter what at the end of the day no matter what happens that's your family and you can't disconnect from that connection because it's blood right. it's like a, like the strongest connection that it could be so for him to be like yeah man we were cut off you know what I'm saying there's no communication no one wanted me to do their wedding and stuff I'm just like damn, damn yo yeah. but it's, it's cool that you brought up that that the congregation the people that are standing up for justice with him that's his new family because that's actually love you know what I'm saying mm-hmm love working at the highest level yeah when you when you stand up for justice and like be a game changer as you would say like anywhere you go and like today where you see injustice you have to change the game yeah and figure out how you can stop that from happening like to not ever let injustice happen in front of your face yeah that's pretty simple to think about like every time you see something going wrong you try to speak up or stand yeah. up like it's simple it is really simple yeah. to just be like yo you want people talking bad about you, yeah. about your family, right. about the color of your skin? Right. Think about it. I, I really try hard to just, like, take a step back and just, like, view a situation from every point of view. Yeah. Like, view the situation from a racist. Yeah. View the situation from an outsider, outsider, like, looking into what's going on. Yeah. View the situation from, like, a black person who's not even present right. and that's being talked about, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think Father Flager does a really good job of, like, he doesn't have that like white savior complex because Father Flager could give a crap if you like him or not. Right, right. You know what I mean? And I think that's where you you see that difference. Like people with that white savior complex like like thrive and like just like run on like the acceptance of like the black community and like a white community where like Father Flager just does it because he wants to do right. it. And you could tell, like you could just tell by the way he like carried himself and just like how he spoke he was just like you know what i'm gonna come in and speak to these kids they can think what they want but this is who i am right. take me as i am or there's the door right. kind of thing but yeah. at the end of the day this is something that i'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning right. and fight for yeah and i really appreciated that because i know like it's been hard like like separating the i'm doing so i'm doing like all these great things for like these young these young people that we're working for at mercy home but like at the end of the day like i don't I don't need these boys to thank me every time I leave. Right. Yeah. What I need for them is just, like, for the next day, to them just, like, seeing them try a little bit harder than the day before. Right. That, to me, is satisfying enough, you know? Just being there, yeah. Yeah, just, like, I don't need them to be like, thank you so much, Allison, for giving up your day and coming in and hanging out with me. Right. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, like, I don't know. And... I don't think the t- other, like the other eleven of us in community, I don't think any of us think or feel that way, right. which is why this one is so special. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's something way bigger than us. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. That's, and that's that's the things that we should live for. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't really be selfish about things. And Father Flager is definitely not selfish. You know what I'm saying? He's like, no. he's like, he's letting these dudes in off the streets and letting people sleep on the couch and on the floor when they don't have any place to go. Like. That's that's a selfless person right there. Yeah. That's what you want to be, you know. And when it comes to, I'm like thinking about the movie again. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to being a game changer and shutting down any injustice that you see, it was it's, it was kind of hard back in the day because like people like people in white supremacy and just like people like with strong racist white voices, you know what I'm saying? And media kind of set the stone. Like they set it in stone, really. What 
the uh, image of a black person and then that spread across you know what i'm saying because media is very powerful right so when it comes to like stopping injustice it's really hard to like stop that because that's a movie that's been out right. and like in a documentary i've watched before called ethnic notions it tells you about all the stuff that how they've like manipulated the uh, black image in these in this media when it comes to like the black mammy who's like the, the maid and she's like she listens and she sings and she's just happy about being like the servant you know what i'm saying and then uh the piccaninny which is like the child that just like it's like a dirty black child and no one cares about him like they're usually getting uh thrown off cliffs or getting eaten by alligators and everyone just laughs you know what i'm saying they have like uh messed up hair and uh distressed clothing and like dirty clothing when they're uh depicted and stuff and it's just crazy because then like even the black community could internalize that you know what i'm saying and feel like oh we're lesser than and then the white community's like oh they are lesser than even if they don't feel like that it's just like oh this is what i this is what we've seen you know what i'm saying and it still comes up every now and then but i remember one part in the movie where they were like man those black panthers are, are so are so vigilant in their threat but they were actually just feeding the people in their community you know what i'm saying the only the only thing that was threatening was them protecting themselves but how could right. that be a threat if you're protecting yourself from danger that's like a natural instinct right like you're doing a lot of great things for the community and then you're protecting yourself so where's the threat yeah a threat is when you're actually trying to hurt someone yeah which is what people in white supremacy were doing you know mm -hmm. so that's quite that's kind of crazy to me you know yeah but, that makes me think about um have you seen the movie 42 about jackie robinson yeah. how well, I, haven't, I haven't seen it but i've heard about yeah. it yeah um so we watched it with my boys like two weeks ago or so and um just the whole part of like how like you can like project that type of racism and mm -hmm. you don't even know you're doing it yeah. kind of thing so there is a specific scene where jackie's up to bat and it's a the the stadium's filled with primarily white people and then you know his wife who came along to almost every game which is just like yeah. love man you know i love mm -hmm. all that um and this dad in the audience starts screaming the N-word. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, like, his, his younger son who's sitting next to him, like, starts to, like, feel a little bit uncomfortable, but then, like, looks up to his dad. And he's like, okay, my dad's doing this. It must be okay. Yeah. And then he starts yelling it. So it's just, like, kind of going off what you said, like, that's that, like, strong white voice mm -hmm. has such an impact that it's, like starting to imprint on the younger generations yeah. who is like that is like the target generation right. like the kids younger than us like that's yeah. who we need to start showing right. like no yeah th th this is not okay exactly and it's because like because you're not born a racist it's, that's true right it, someone is teaching you this stuff yeah and like the part you brung up when um the white supremacist wife was like trying to do that whole bomb thing she you could tell she believed that her voice was powerful because she was like she changed her whole character she was like she was going from a terrorist to a victim really fast yeah she switched really fast so yeah. she was about to kill she was about to kill some people and then she switched to like oh he was hurting me he's raping yeah. me da, 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 da. and that just shows how manipulative and evil someone can be when you have power you know what i'm saying instead of using it to like help someone out yeah and um going back to the media thing like they were like oh I don't like I don't like those Black Panthers, but I did like Aunt Jemima. You know what I'm saying and how they yeah and they, Uncle like, Ben yeah she was yeah. like the mom yeah like she was like the uh, the mammy they depict yeah. her as a mammy and Uncle Ben is just like people 
who are on like who are like used for entertainment and used for like products you know what i'm saying to get yeah. things out it wasn't like a good depiction of black people but they were just like okay we like those black people but because we don't like they, they benefit us right they benefit us and then like they, they weren't a threat because they weren't doing anything you know what i'm saying but yeah. since uh damn black people are standing up for themselves and they're talking about protecting themselves and they're trying to better their communities yeah they're a threat like what you know what i'm saying then, <laughs> but so you're those, allowed to stand up and protect yourself right from the quote dangerous black man yeah. unquote right but when they try to do it, it's like this huge outburst. Like, we need to wire a cop and go in there and yeah. see what violence that they're going to start to right. do. Right. Why are we not... Like, why did it take... Why did it take a black man becoming part of the police department to infiltrate the, the Klansmen right. in Colorado Springs? Yeah. When they knew that it was, it was like... They knew that they were there. Yeah. Like, you know the black people are there. Mm-hmm. You know the white people are right. there. Right. Yeah. So it's, it sucks that that yeah. has to be the route that you have to take. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, it would probably have been way cooler if a white man led that. You know what I'm saying? If a white man led that himself. Yeah. It's like, let's take down the KKK without a black person being there, without a black voice. Yeah. Because that would show that he really loves people. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you don't need a black person to, to like put some fire in your ass and get you up to do it. You know what right. I'm saying? That would just show that like, I'm not evil. I'm not taking in, like, the manipulative voices in my community. Like, I'm doing this myself because yeah. I love people. You know what I'm saying? And I want people to be treated the same way I'm treated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, Mike, about the yeah. movie. So, you have, two very, you have two very different black characters. You have Patrice, who is like, you know, fuck the cops, they're pigs. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ron Stallworth, who is like, I am called to be a cop and I am called to change. Like, yeah. how did that make you feel? That made me feel conflicted you know what i'm saying because in the black community we don't give a fuck about the cops like we hate the cops you know what i'm saying and it's it's, it sucks when you want to be a cop and that's like your goal and dream and like even growing up in elementary school like a lot of dudes want to be the cops and even like growing up i've always been in black communities uh and we always had like mostly black schools and when you when you're asked that question in elementary school dudes are like firemen doctors police 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 doctor nba nfl nba nfl so it's just like it sucks that when most of the uh police force is corrupt that you have to deal with that and maneuver your way in because like remember when he was like working the folders and the paperwork he was just like this sucks i don't want to be at this low level type thing so he's like hey can i be in on this investigation and then having to deal with yo um, being questioned by Patrice the whole time like yeah. he wants to stand up for his community but he's so conflicted because he wants to be the best cop he can be yeah. but having that cop stigma on you because of what the black community feels and what the cops have been doing to our people is hard to deal with so yeah. I was just like I felt bad for him because I'm like I would never Damn. be a cop you know what I'm saying it would be hard for me to have a cop friend so it's just like it was very difficult for him and I was just kind of sad the whole time like damn bro like I would leave about you because like Patrice, she's a great woman, a great woman, and like every black man that has a strong woman behind him, any man that has a strong woman behind him, you can get so far. Right. And he was just like feeling her at one point, and she was just like, "Yo, you cool, sure, big man." At the end of the day, only takes one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then like those are the people behind you supporting right. you. So like, and they can outnumber you. You know what I'm saying? And I was yeah. you, so it's just like. It's tough. Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah. You say that um, you would never want to be a cop or be friends with a cop, but don't you think 
like Ron Stallworth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I agree with you that most of the of the most of the the community of cops are corrupt, mm-hmm. and a lot of the cops are good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are cops who like genuinely care about yeah. people. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. So don't you think that like. We need to start getting those good people yeah. into the into the that role and that profession. Yeah, we we yeah we should. That right. would be a great but idea. But I, I, I get like I get from your point of view like, mm-hmm. damn like they don't care about me. Yeah. To the point where it's like a mental issue for me. Right. Like every time I'm out and I see a cop, I automatically think it's a bad cop. Right. I never think like oh I'm safe here. I think like oh I'm in Shit, danger yeah. here. You know what I'm saying like. I have to like be on my best behavior because I don't want them to think that I'm hurting people. Yeah. I, I'm on the on the verge of hurting someone out here. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks that it got yeah. there. And I've never really had any bad times with any cop, but it's just that what I've seen in, in media, media and stuff. It's do you just, think? Do you it's think so that sickening. that's yeah? Do you think that that's something that could change? It's something that could change, but it would be hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it would take a lot. There's way more bad people than good people, especially in the police force. You know what I'm saying? So, and it sucks because. Yeah. They're doing their job, but just like that one dude that was in there that that they got at the end for mm-hmm. being a bad cop, there's so many of those guys, you know yeah. what I'm saying, that they're like, oh, they're doing their job, but they like, they twist it so much. Yeah. They, they do evil and like, it's overlooked, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the boss is just like, that's just how he is, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's how he do handles Do you want to tell on him? Do you want to tell? Yeah, like that right. whole notion. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, I've, I've had very, like a, an internal conflict with all of this because, you know, I have, like, I have people in my family who are on the police force, mm-hmm. and I respect them yeah. because they put, you know, they do put their lives on the line every day, yeah. but then it's really hard because you have, like, someone like you who walks outside, and you are such a good person, and you're, and at any given moment, like, a cop could just, like, because they wanted to stop you. Yeah. So it's really hard because, like, I, I respect the I respect the cops who have a moral compass, right. and I know that like they can, you they don't walk around and it says like I am a good cop on their on their chest. Yeah. But it's hard because I know that if I'm ever in danger, like who do you call? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I guess that's just because like never in my life have I ever experienced police brutality. Yeah. But then you see that that shit on the media where they just like. They just like, yeah. I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. It is. I like. I don't even have words because right. I want. I like. I. I want to like have like that. That like, trust and. I want to think that like when I see a cop car driving down the street, like that they're gonna do the right thing. Right. But then you have like that. Well, you know, there is that power dynamic. Yeah. Like I'm a cop. I'm better than you. Right. So, yeah. I. I. I don't know it's but that made me think about this one like white cop on on instagram and like on every like social media like his his image has been spreading around and he's really like a, a great wholesome white southern white guy and all he does is go into the communities that people normally don't go into or if they go into them they go in to bust people and like mm-hmm. arrest them and get them for drug charges and like get them in jail and stuff but he goes in just to spend time with them right. sits on their porch you know what i'm saying stops by, brings a whole bunch of donuts to the kids, you know what I'm saying? And these are black kids, inner city, you know what I'm saying? People that can just drive by, right. you know what I'm saying? And just be like, checking the area for anyone doing bad. But he's like, nope, I'm gonna go in and talk to them. 
motivate them, spend time with them. Like, he's actually one of those cops that's like, on my off time, when I'm in these communities and there's nothing going on and I'm not stopping someone, I'm not gonna just be out here trying to meet quotas and bring people in and lock people up. I'm actually building relationships in the community so they can know so that important. they can call me and trust me, you know what I'm saying? And it's just that we don't see enough of that. Yeah. And, and I know and it is great because he's putting it out there because it's, you, you're not going to see that anywhere. You know what I'm saying? There's not That guy is not everywhere. He's right. like a special, unique guy. So I'm glad that he has someone recorded because you're not going to see that. It seems like a fantasy. Yeah, and, yeah. and you could tell, like, that's his yeah. thing. But if you think about it, like, how shitty is it that that has to be a thing? Yeah. That he has to prove to himself. Yeah. Like, I care right. about you so much yeah. that... Even when I'm not in my blue uniform, yeah. like I want to know you. Right, right. I, I just, yeah. I don't know the answer, and I don't think anybody really knows the answer yeah. except that we just need to stop looking at each other because of the color of their skin and just yeah. like start seeing the person for who they are yeah. and where they come from. Right. Because they say America is this, this melting pot, but <clears throat> after a while, everything gets burned down, and you don't really see the beautiful cultures that it, that that. That is America. Yeah. It's that whole no, like the whole notion of like cultural appropriation. Like you see like white people with dreads, mm-hmm. and they take pictures and put them on their Instagram and say like, oh, like I am like so peaceful. Yeah. And yeah, you you might be peaceful, but do you know where dreads come from? Do you yeah. understand the culture that they're coming from? Yeah. And we talk. I talked about this a lot in one of my college classes. Like America, yes, is a melting pot, yeah. but right now it seems like a lot of those those dynamics and those cultures yeah. and these ethnicities are getting burned to a crisp yeah damn that's true you know it feels like yeah and that's how it's always been it's like from the start where uh, native people have their land and then like white person's like oh i discovered this land and then like eradicates the whole place and like yeah. colonizes it or like one of the biggest appropriations for me when it like like the dreads is like a small thing and that those small things do build up but like the biggest thing is like inventions like black people invented so much things and then white people took credit and put a patent on it Mm -hmm. that's like one of the biggest like cases of uh appropriation for me you know what i'm saying and like you said like it's hard and like you don't have answers sometimes but like father flager said if you have faith that things will get better and that and it's, and it's, it's okay to understand that you may not be here when things finally change or things are finally the way you want it to be but having that faith and that can like this is gonna like lead us into like the religion part because for me my faith tells me to love everyone you know what I'm saying and to love God and to love my brothers and sisters so you know what I'm saying I love you and I love all my brothers and sisters like there's a whole bunch of strangers in here we're at volumes right now and we're apart and I love all these people, you know what I'm saying? I would love to like spend time with them. It's not normal to spend time with strangers, but I wouldn't mind talking to these people and building a relationship with them. It's just the, it's just that we were blessed to have this community that we came into in Mercy. And I love it, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to faith, like having that foundation where you can't, where you don't have the answers, this is where that foundation comes in because you have a, a God within yourself you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you you maneuver through the world, this evil secular world, with that faith and that foundation. So without it, I'd be like, yo, I hate this world because I don't have anything to lean on when everything starts crumbling down. You know what I'm saying? When my mind starts telling me, oh, 
this cop's about to come do something to you or like oh when when you're in a space full of white people like you're trying to like be a telepath and read their minds of what they're thinking about you at the time nah man like i like once that starts happening i like switch on my spirituality like yo i'm good right now i'm safe god's gonna protect me you know what i'm saying and when it comes to what i i can do about this i'm just gonna spread love the best way i can i'm gonna love myself love god and love others you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying i love god first love others and then i love myself you know what i'm saying because self-love is important and to be out here in this world where everybody is like judging you you have to love yourself first you know what i'm saying so that's where that faith comes in for me and uh it's not like a perfect thing like working on your religion and faith is like a everyday thing you have to keep growing and growing and you'll have like times where you're like stepping back and taking two steps back instead of two steps forward sometimes but like that's just how life is life is going to hit you and you're going to be like yo this religion this faith isn't working but you just have to keep you got to keep moving so and it's great that um me and Christina are spiritual directors and stuff or spiritual coordinators for our community because that's gonna push me even harder you know what I'm saying to be faithful as a Christian as a black Christian with no denomination like no nothing that's telling me like the rules of being Catholic or the rules of being Baptist and how to be ex an exclusive Lutheran or Episcopal like all these different uh, denominations like it's gonna be tough to get better but being a spiritual coordinator and like helping others find their faith is going to be great you know what i'm saying so i just want to know like what's your stance on like spirituality when does it come in do you think you need it like what do you think about it like because father flager is like that's what's kept me going you know what i'm saying because this is hard work mm -hmm. and like someone asked about being burnt out right and he's just like my faith is what kept me going when i'm burnt out just how like the faith helps me maneuver through white spaces maneuver through life when it comes to love you know what i'm saying just focusing on loving everybody is just going to get you through mm -hmm. so it's just like i wonder where you where you come where uh, faith and spirituality comes in for you um well faith and spirituality is a pretty tough subject for me um in the sense that when i was younger you know i went to catholic school pretty much my whole life, grade school, high school, I went to a Catholic university. Um, I've, I've gone through like those phases where, you know, I go to church every Sunday and even on Saturdays and I'm just like, I try to be like a good Catholic girl and something really horrendous ha like happened to my family when I was a sophomore in high school and we lost my uncle to a heroin, over heroin overdose. Um, so that was really hard for me to understand why someone who, in the, like, throughout the Bible, like, promotes, like, there's always a message and there's always love and you can always have me to lean on. Like, at that moment in my life, just watching my family crumble was really hard to understand that there was somebody looking out for me. So I don't really think... I found my way back to, to like loving a God or a higher power. Um, and I found that like, it's, it's okay. I see faith every day in people. And like how Mike says, like that's what he leans on when he has nothing left in this world to lean on. And that's how he like gets through 
the hard situations when he's in those white spaces and he feels like he has to put on like that good boy act and I think that's beautiful and I love that people have those to fall on but for me it's just been something that like I necessarily can't commit to anymore in my life I try and tend to see spirituality in everyday situations just like this conversation I'm having with Mike right now is like it's like bringing me closer to a human you know and like knowing that like at the end of the day I have a problem I can lean on that person um and spirituality to me is just like sitting in my favorite coffee shop and listening to my favorite music and just like being one with myself or going for a really long walk and getting lost and finding my way without using my my phone or my gps and just like running into something beautiful um or you know being in program with my youth and just like watching them grow and like seeing like their treatment like really work for them like to me that's spiritual and that's my my faith at the end of the day is that I have to know that everything is going to be okay without that naive sense that right now shit's going on but to get me through this day I have to think positively I have to think what can I do as Father Flager said to be a game changer because right now I'm at stage one I'm in I'm in the first I'm in the first chapter the first act of this game that we call life and I think that that's okay that you know I'm gonna be 23 and it's okay that like right now in my life that I'm really starting to like get into like the thick of it and like see what I can do for my for my brothers and my sisters where I don't have to go to a church on Sunday I can go for a walk or I can journal so to me faith and spirituality is beautiful and I think it's very different for each individual um so for me it's just like understanding that the world is cruel and unusual but it also has glimmers of like silver linings and beauty and sometimes you just have to go to like the smallest corners to find it but like when you do you need to hold on deeply and you need to like not let go and just like mirror what you see and what you feel in those situations and just like kind of like radiate it and like let it like let it like shine off of you and like let that be your energy like take all of that in and then project it out kind of be like a sponge like to soak it all up and then just wring it out kind of thing so to me like faith and spirituality isn't a god it's knowing who you are where you are in this life what you can do and just like know at the end of the day that like it's shitty right now but the only way to get through it is to hope and just like have hope and never give up and just like keep pushing forward and stand behind those people who have that god and stand behind those people who aren't the same color as you or you know who are part of like a different community and you know I know it's easier said than done, but if just, like, a lot of people would just get that hatred out of their mind, I think that real change could happen. Right. And, you know, it doesn't help that we have a very hatred man yeah. leading our country right now. So, to me, like, that's not that's not spiritual. Yeah. And that wasn't 
that wasn't the right move by America, but I also believe that everything happens for a reason. And yeah. you know, this this presidency is bringing out the good and the bad yeah. and the ugly. Right. That's crazy, man. You know what? Now that you say that, <laughs> your spirituality is really beautiful and it's very similar to mine. The yeah. only thing is that I actually have a title for it. You don't have a title for it. Like I put God and Jesus and the Trinity in there. Like you don't have to talk about that, but your spirituality is beautiful because you're focusing on like divine in nature, the divine in, in other people because there is a divine piece of everybody. Mm -hmm. And then you're like focusing on like the relationships and like the good of the world. And that's the same thing I've been doing, you know what I'm saying? But like one of my favorite pieces to focus on in, in like my religion is the Trinity mm -hmm. because God is one person. But if you figure out like the insides of God, it's Jesus, the Father, and then the Spirit, the, 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 the Holy Father, the, the Son, and then the Spirit. And those are working as a community, working in relationship because each each part of it has to do their job for it to be one powerful thing. Just how in the community, everybody has to do their job and give themselves in so that we can be one good community or yeah. one good thing. And it's like, another thing that I like is like where two or three are, are gathered, God is there, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So you don't even have to say, like for you it would be like where two or three are gathered there's something great there you know like what, I'm saying? what are like, these people bringing exactly to the world right so it doesn't even have to have the god is their part it's just like where two or three people are gathered doing good stuff like the spiritual energies are high and like yeah. everything is good so that's why i can't wait for us to um build our vision boards mm -hmm. and for me to see where people want their spirituality to be at its prime and their goals and spirituality I'm gonna love that because I I love to relate my spirituality to others like yeah. having a religion and then like like half of us have a religion and half of us don't so being able to see the connections instead of the differences is gonna be beautiful but yeah um, I'm glad we could have this talk yeah. you know what I'm saying and well, like talk about faith talk right. about uh, race and everything hateful going on yeah. and, oh and like I just remember now like even the Klansmen in the movie were using religion you know what I'm saying in the wrong way yeah. you know what I'm saying they were using uh, religion which it could be really beautiful the way you take it and using it for hate yeah. they were like oh this is what God wanted da da da, da. Uh, my white Christian brothers da 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 they were using Christian and I'm just like dang should I be should I even be a Christian now because it's like, just funny because like according to the Bible like Jesus was not white yeah Right, the area he was like born in was like no, like, right. that, that like the real depiction of him wouldn't be yeah. what people see. Well, you know Mike, what I'm taking from this is a lot of what we talked about today mm -hmm. relates to a lot of what's going on in the media and yeah. you know fake news. Mm -hmm. So this whole conversation, I, this one like phrase has been like popping up in my mind, yeah. and I don't know if you'll agree or not, but it's just that like the pen is always mightier than the sword. True because we can use our weapons to do evil but a lot of this is just like what people say and mm -hmm. what people write and yeah. what people read and think yeah. and all of that stems from like one thing yeah. and that's like the pen being mightier right. you right. know yeah and it sucks because um focusing on what people say and write um just like just just I'm still stuck on like the KKK like being religious like yeah. how could you be religious and focus on christianity when there's so much good in the bible you know what right. i'm saying and like how do you like oh we hate someone but we like we love god and but you're burning the cross and you're like my white christian brothers and you're like Unite, taking the yeah. religion and like 
bringing its level all the way down you know what i'm saying from where it should be like it's, it's a really good religion like to be christian is good and it can like help you in a world that's bad like yeah. i said but like and trump also said something about he also said something about being christian too and, and god he, he brought that up one time and i'm just like how could you be so evil with a religion that's supposed to be so good, good for you and to make you good this is supposed to change you as a person so it's like i hate how people <laughs> manipulate something good like that and that shows to like people like you and other people that don't like really like religion just like look see these people like that could really like skew people like damn this dude is evil he's a christian like this dude is evil he's a christian and, and it sucks because like we said it's good people and bad people and everything you know what i'm saying like especially like thinking about radical christians where they like yeah. where they like yeah, yeah they take like these little things of like i'm a christian i i don't i'm not supposed to like gay people blah, blah, blah. but then you think about my side of christianity where i'm like you love god and you love your brothers and sisters that doesn't say anything about don't love them if they're gay and stuff like you know what yeah. i'm saying so it's just like you love all your brothers and sisters so it's yeah. just crazy to think about that and just like <laughs> oh i just think an important message is like at the end of the day like love's gonna win yeah as long as we have hope and we have love and we know that we can't we can't be naive which is hard because you want to think every day that everything's going to get better and it will get better but right now we need to focus on like what's going on and what can we do so yeah that's it man mercy talks (laughs) second episode on tl thanks for having me mike yeah man thanks for coming man we're in worker park this is her favorite area before this, we were in warm, wormhole. Yeah, playing what, some what Nintendo 64. I got the Super Troopa, which has um, a peanut butter sauce and dark chocolate. It's super good. It was really good, but it tastes really similar to what I had, and I had the iced vanilla latte, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, we started off with some Ninja, some Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden. I forgot my my older brothers played that. My older yeah. brothers like 39, so that was like his game growing up. And then we played some Super Mario Bros. Yeah. and stuff. Um, that was really fun. Yep. I just felt like we were in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? It was nice to take a step back. Yeah. To travel back in time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they had the uh, the Back to the Future, what's that called, the, called again? The DeLorean? DeLorean, yeah. The DeLorean. They had the DeLorean right above us, so it felt like we just hopped out of the DeLorean. We're in 82, you know what I'm saying, 85 sometime, and we just, like, in a different world, and it just felt refreshing to do that with Auntie L. so, like... <laughs> It was a great day. Now we're in volumes doing this talk, like I said, and you know, we have all these great books around us. Too many to look at in one in one sitting, but I'll be back here. This is a great area. It's been a great time yeah. in Chicago. We're coming up on the second month, uh, S- September 12th. So, like, yeah, everything's been great. So, thanks. Thanks, Antiel. No, thank you. This that was, was awesome. <laughs> all right, y'all. See you again. Mercy Talks. Peace, Peace. out. <laughs>